You've tuned in to the Get Connected podcast with Mike Agarbo and John Beeler. We are live in Las Vegas uh, this week for CES, formerly known as the Consumer Electronics Show. And we're going to be talking about all the latest tech trends and tech gadgets that we uh, have come across uh, down here. So a lot of stuff in the health uh, arena, uh, including urine tests at home now. Crazy. Uh, BMW showing off their latest uh, smart car that can change colors. We've talked about this in the past on the program. Last year they had one that could change, uh, you know, grayscales, black, white, gray. The new one can change, you know, a, over a dozen different colors, and it's just, it's amazing. Uh, Sony, Honda, they've announced a new car partnership. They're coming out with a new car in 2025. Uh, and we'll also be talking about the latest from LG and Samsung, including a, uh, a stove that's got artificial intelligence built in and can actually recognize the food that is cooking and cook it to perfection. It's time to get connected. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler at uh, Las Vegas, the Consumer Electronics Show. They're calling it just CES now. This is kind of the first time where it's come back in force. We uh, were down last year, John, which was kind of weird. It was. It was uh, CES light last year. Yeah, um, most of the big exhibitors pulled out at the last uh, moment, and it just was like a black hole in the convention center. I, I think they had less than 40,000 people show up, when typically on good years it's over 175,000. And a lot of the show floor space was still allocated to those um, vendors that had pulled out, so you would actually have big chunks of basically empty fields. <laughs> yeah. It was very strange. Well, uh, it's uh, full on this year. Uh, joining us, uh, our good friend Ted Kritsonos uh, out of Toronto, but here in Vegas with us. That's right. That's right. I'm back just like you guys are. Are you excited? You didn't go last year, so you haven't gone for a few years now. I'm one of the guys who pulled out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm one of the guys who pulled out. And yeah, it looks like it's pretty much back this year. Um, I did notice some empty space in the hall that we're in here, actually. Funny enough, it's actually around us where we are here. But it's pretty, you know, but pretty populated otherwise. Well, it seems like they've just crammed a lot more into this hall yeah. than maybe normal. That's a good point, actually, because the south halls are not open yeah. this year, right? And but we do have the new west hall, the new west which, which is new, massive. Yeah, which is pretty much the all automotive uh, yeah. section, right? Like, they, they ran out of room. The north hall wasn't big enough for them anymore, so they needed to build one for them. Yeah. So uh, on today's program, we're going to be telling you all about the cool tech trends and gadgets that we have seen so far. I mean, it's uh, going till Sunday, the show, which is kind of unusual. Typically, it's been kind of during the uh, the week. Uh, I don't even know where to, to start, John. Like, what, what are some of the big trends you're noticing? Um, well, we've, we've been to a number of sort of press events, and there is definitely... I would say a lot more health and beauty tech. No question about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we've seen some pretty interesting products. Um, we've seen some uh, a lot of a lot of e-bikes and e-things. You know, any kind of mobility, transportation, robotics. robotics. Yeah. Um, we've seen uh, uh, like exoskeletons, like more than one, and these are things that you would wear to help fatigue and if you're like a warehouse worker or you're on your feet all day um, or you just need mobility isn't that kind of like like I noticed this too right like didn't, haven't you guys noticed that there's a lot of sort of problem solving experiential stuff this yeah. time around right so even like the big guys like Samsung and Sony their booths actually play more experiential stuff more than product like there are barely any TVs yeah. in the Samsung booth and I'll tell you even the Sony booth has barely any TVs in it either 
a lot of it is experiential. A lot of it is like, you know, looking at maybe AR, VR um, on the Sony side. And then with Samsung, of course, we saw all that connected home stuff uh, that we saw there too. So I feel like when I look walk around, it seems like there's a lot of that going on even with the other vendors too. Absolutely, yeah. But, you know, for the big guys. So the big guys would be like the LGs and the Samsungs. Sony, not as much anymore. They're kind of changing. <laughs> Well, yeah, they just dabble in a lot of things, and it's impossible to show it all over yes. there. Like, for example, I mean, they're obviously a huge player in cameras, but you're not going to see as much of it at the booth this year. Um, so but so, but for the big guys, was there anything really new this year? Did you, mm. did you feel? I mean, they're always pushing their TVs. It's not like there's been like a quantum leap. Iterative. In, yeah, not iterative. A quantum leap. Which in is technology. what I expected. I expected iterative. Yeah. I always expect iterative from the big guys. So the bigger the company, the more iteration I expect. The smaller the company, the more innovation I expect. Yeah, because that's, that's they're, they're trying to hit a home run. Totally, yeah. right? And like they're, the wacky ideas generally come from the small guys. Yeah. So now we haven't seen them yet, of course, because they're most of them are in a different venue. Um, they're at the Venetian. But when we see them, I'm and, and I'm looking forward to that because I imagine I'm going to see some very fun, you know, fun tech over there. Uh, but here, I think with the big guys, it's more about sort of telling a story about how devices can connect to each other or how you can experience certain things with certain devices. Uh, they're telling the stories differently, but they are telling that story. A big thing that uh, I, I see a lot of the smart uh, technology, smart home stuff, is um, something called Matter, which is kind of a, a new standard that kind of connects everything, like your lights and your TVs and your robot vacuums now, to make it easier. So when you get one home... Because it's kind of complicated sometimes to set these things up and yeah. get it to work with your Alexa or your Google Home or whatever app you're trying to use it with. But now with this new Matter technology, all these new devices and all the big guys have you know adopted it, it'll just kind of show up in your kind of smart home universe. And, and that's the cool thing is the interoperability. You no longer have to pick a team. You, that's right. You, yes. you can mix and match your manufacturers. Yes. And the only downside is you probably have to get all new stuff. And it took them too long to do this. This should have been done years ago. So Zigbee, Z-Wave, these were these were protocols that existed before. And I think most people listening don't even know what that. No, but it's the same idea, is, yeah. right? The, the idea was is that you have connected or smart home products that would speak the same language. That was the idea. That's essentially what Matter is doing. But the good news this time is that more players, more companies, big and small, have adopted it. So now everybody's kind of speaking the same language, and that I think that bodes well for the interoperability that John was talking about. So when we're talking about TVs, there was when you talked about like innovation. There's this company I'd never heard of it before called Displace. Yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. so they've got a TV, but it has no wires. No when wires, I say, no ports. Yeah, when I say no wires, not even a power cord. Nope. No, it has four hot swappable batteries That's right. in it. It's so a giant laptop, basically. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> so tablet. so you can hang this on any wall. It's got some crazy suction cup system on the back that will let you adhere to most walls and even glass. Like you can hang this. They got one on glass. Yeah, right on their booth. Yeah, on yeah. on a window. Yeah, which is just amazing because the TV itself is only about twenty pounds. Apparently, yeah, just shy of twenty pounds. Yeah. So it's it's lightweight enough to carry around. You can also combine up to four or six of them. They told me that with the base unit that connects the TVs, you can have up to six TVs. You can put four together, so sort of like a sports bar. You know yep. how like they put the TVs. Together. So you can do that apparently with four of these and have them all play the same content. I, I have to say, it does look pretty cool to have this. Like if you had like a floor to ceiling window in your apartment oh, or something, totally, yeah. it would be pretty nice you to put that up at night, especially. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. but you have to continually swap the batteries in and out and charge those batteries 
Yeah, right? so so the battery part I think is, is a bit of an unknown. The audio part to me is an unknown as well because you have to plug in all your components now. They're saying they haven't revealed what ports the base unit would support. Um, they want to go wireless with everything, but you can't go wireless with everything right now. So I don't know ultimately what kind of the components or devices they would support, but there are, there are definitely some unanswered questions, but we see the concept works. The thing sticks to the wall, and I've seen it stick to multiple walls. So it looks pretty cool. It's one of the cooler... Uh, but what application is this? Like, who would need this? Because I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want this in my home because I'd always have to be swapping batteries out of it. No, and that's why I asked about that. So I asked, like, I asked from a photography perspective. So imagine you're at a wedding, right, and you bring one of these things with you and you want to have photos sort of on a loop. You can do that. If you're at an event of some kind and you're putting on an event and you need a screen, rather than bring in a normal TV, you can bring in one of these. Or you can bring multiple ones of these and then set them up as well. I feel like there's a B2B element to this that can work as much as there is a consumer aspect, it just depends on, I guess, where you want to put your TV. If you want to put it on top of your fireplace, this might be the one to do it. But again, swapping the batteries in and out and having to charge those batteries that's, all the time is going to be a pain, an unknown, yeah. a pain in the butt. Mike, John, and Ted, we're down in Las Vegas at the Consumer Electronics Show. It's back in full force. Not as many people as pre-pandemic. I'm hearing around 100,000 people. It, they'll probably crack 100,000, but it's not going to be like the 180 that we had in 2020. I, mean, that I, don't, was, I don't mind it, to be honest. No, no, this is great. This yeah, because you can actually move around. If it's like this every year, I'm good. And the Tesla tunnels, they're uh, not clogged. No, they're, oh, they're not. Okay, no. So, again. yeah, if, if you don't know about this, uh, Tesla... Or, or sorry, Elon Musk and his boring company have created these tunnels underneath the convention centers, and they just have Teslas continually looping around yeah. to take you from convention hall to convention hall to save you time from all the walking. Yeah. Right. And they've actually extended it to Resort World. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's kind of one of the, the newer hotel complexes on the Strip, and the idea is that they're going to do like 50 more stations up the Strip and then eventually to the airport as well. Oh, that's that would be good. You basically leave CES and go to the airports. Pretty Straight. much. Pretty yeah. much. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the uh, the health tech that kind of caught, caught your eye. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. We're live in Las Vegas. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've got our uh, good friend Ted Kritsonos with us today. Thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. It's always kind of fun trying to do the radio show from from the, the show floor. We've got this little booth, broadcast booth, with paper-thin walls, and we always seem to be next to the uh, the stereo speaker guys. And they're always, like, pumping, of course, all the bassiest music. And we have the karaoke booth as well nearby. And, and they're not good they're not good singers. No. No. That's why we've got as much noise cancellation happening oh, yeah, on, yeah. on this at the moment. Uh, so we're talking about all the latest tech trends uh, that we're going to see over the next few years and some of the tech gadgets, some coming sooner than later. You mentioned, Ted, that health was kind of a big theme down here. No question about it, yeah. It's like more so than ever. And you can really tell that a lot of these companies are taking into account the aging population as well. That's part of it. Uh, it's part of it, and it's also the, the fact that I think it's trying to bring health consciousness, I think, to all generations. Um, given that younger people use devices anyway, so why not have them be a little more on top of their health, right? One of my, the one, one of the ones that I'm more intrigued with is the U-Scan from Withings. So... The home urine, urine test. test. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, 
You can do a urine test basically every day um, by just peeing into this uh, pebble-shaped device that sort of latches onto uh, your toilet. So In the toilet bowl. That's right. Yeah. And uh, for, for the guys out there, that doesn't mean you'll have to do it sitting down. Um, but I mean, you could do standing up, but that would be... No, they, they advised me <laughs> yeah. that you got to sit down. That's There's target a, practice. That's yeah. target yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you could make a mess the other way. Uh, so in any case, the it seems like a... I mean, it's an ingenious device, the way they designed it, because it collects the urine. It knows the difference between urine and any other liquid, and it also knows the difference between yours and someone else's. Now, you can only use it as your own. You can't use it as a family, for instance, and have everybody do the same test. But uh, I, I find that... I find that it's pretty interesting, like the way that it works and what it's, the biomarkers that it's trying to track. So to give you a bit of a snapshot of your health. Like what is it going to tell me though? Well, it's going to tell you more mean, apples. What? Well, I mean, it'll give you some nutrition uh, data. Yeah. Um, it'll tell you, you know, your pH level. Maybe you're eating or drinking things that are too acidic, for example. Um, there's various ones. I mean, it's it, there's up to three thousand biomarkers that it could potentially track now. They are using cartridges, and not every cartridge does the same thing. So I expect that they'll expand on that, and that they'll have. Well, actually, they told me that that they're going to expand on that. There's going to be multiple cartridges that do different things. So you can kind of hone in on what you want to do. It was interesting. They actually had a professional cartridge as well. So presumably, this could show up in your doctor's office at some point. They, that is absolutely part of it. So they want to have a professional one that's going to be for doctors. I assume to prescribe, but I don't know. Yeah, not um, sure. So yeah, they didn't really go into detail about that. But but yeah, definitely they want to bring doctors into this as well. In the meantime, I mean, if you use the consumer one, you can always share the data that you get with your doctor, and then maybe you know follow up tests or something like that. If something, uh, I wonder how much doctors like all these crazy new. Things, I, devices. I, well, I got to think if you're a doctor, you don't mind data that gives you a little more insight into the patient, right? I mean, that's why I guess it's critical that these um, these systems are as accurate as possible because you know yes. you, you can't replace a medical instrument with a toy, right? No. So no, no, and, and you know these we always know, right? Because we cover these companies all the time. They're always careful about saying that you know we're not a medical device or we're not a replacement to a medical device. I mean, wearables say that all the time. In this case, this is clearly a medical device of some kind. It needs approval from the FDA in the US and Health Canada in Canada in order for it to actually be approved for that. It does have that in the European Union and it will be available there first. So uh, another thing that I saw was from Barracuda. It's kind of like an ecosystem of, uh, I guess, healthcare monitoring products for your bathroom. And so they had like a, a smart mirror, they got a connected toothbrush, they had this uh, crazy bath mat as well. And the bath mat was fascinating to me because it obviously could uh, do your weight. Uh, it could do your body composition, like body fat percentage and, and things like that. Uh, but it also could check your balance and your posture, believe it or not. A lot of people have bad posture. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know I do. <laughs> as we're all hunched over microphones. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hunched over microphones and carrying heavy bags around a show floor like this. So what was interesting is the smart mirror tied it all together and it would pop up the different things that you're doing, whether you're you know, weighing yourself or checking how bad your posture really is. And, and even the connected toothbrush, it would show like teeth up in the mirror and, and show like where you were brushing and where you needed to brush more, which was kind of interesting. And the cool thing is, obviously you gotta go through menus for the different things. It's not touch, it's gesture based. Which is cool. So you just wave your hand around. Do you guys remember that there were mirrors like that 
at past CESs as well. Um, oh, they've been around for a they've few been years. Around for a while, yeah. So, it's, but it's interesting that they've in, they've integrated these other elements into it too, right? To add, try and add something that's contextual, so that you kind of know what you're doing, at least when you're brushing your teeth, or that you know your posture is bad. I like that. I like that aspect of it, where you're adding context to whatever data that it's collected. Is that something you'd want? That kind of system. Well, I, I don't know if that I'd want this in my in my particular washroom, but I'm I'm saying that. Generally speaking, not just for the for Barracuda, but 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 just generally, I think for health products, you you want context for whatever it is that is tracking. So for like I'm, with UScan, it's fine that you're doing urine tests, but it, it actually tries to give you some context beyond that. So if your diet, you know, needs some changing, it'll maybe make some recommendations. So um, I, I like that. I think that's partly why health is so big at this show is because a lot of the products are trying to offer that context. They're trying to offer that little extra as opposed to just giving you a number. It's trying to tell you, okay, maybe here's why that number showed up. Uh, L'Oreal, they, they actually had a few different uh, cosmetic companies did, as yeah. well. L'Oreal. Yeah. Yeah. Neutrogena's uh, here too. Nu yeah, uh, Neutrogena. Neutrogena had some sort of weird 3D printing vitamin thing. I saw them, yeah. Thing. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a 3D printed gummy. Yes. Um, that is tailored to you specifically. So it is based on metrics that they collect from your skin and they then 3D print a gummy for you that you can then take and get all the nutrients that you need. How safe is that? I guess, well, I guess they'd have to... I mean, yeah, like they've got the approval for it, so... Is this something yeah. that you're printing in your house? No, 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 no. They're printing them for you. Got it. Um, in, in the UK. Yep. So they print them in the UK and then they send them out to you. Got it. Yeah. Can you imagine having that machine in your house? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no. What could go wrong? No, like, yeah, I, I asked. Well, but, that, but that's something that's that's been sort of talked about in 3D printing circles for a long time. And there was actually a professor in the UK, and this might even be one of his offshoot projects. He had this idea to have 3D printable drugs. So your doctor would send a prescription to the 3D printer, and it would have all the base elements to make quite a large variety of different uh, chemicals and that like the base materials not the actual end products and it would actually basically print a chemical reaction to be whatever your prescription needed in the right dosage just for you yeah yeah like and, and that, i mean i find that fascinating yeah right like personalized medicine yeah to a degree that we've never seen before because we tend to just shotgun whatever yeah. and and you just hope you know it's going to be enough or you have to adjust it like this gives you the ability to just totally fine-tune that yeah see and that speaks to what I was saying right so now we have more precision context things like that and that's what I think is really interesting about the health tech that's here is that we're starting to see more of that yeah. so it looks like they're, they're ready to level up into something that I, I think will be more viable for people and, and certainly more personalized. We are down in Las Vegas checking out all the latest tech trends and gadgets. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about some of the cool stuff we've seen down here. Uh, everything from robots to exoskeletons and uh, transportation technology as well. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Net Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John in Las Vegas at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. Much more than just consumer electronics, it's everything from robots to appliances to cars, AI. A lot of car tech. Yeah, that's what we want to cover now, just some of the interesting uh, car announcements uh, down here. Uh, last year, when we came down, uh, BMW was showing off uh, this prototype 
car that had an e-ink display on it, and it could actually change shades. Yeah, like it was black kinda, and white and gray. It was kind of like they had like a couple hundred Kindles attached to the to the car. It it didn't look very robust. It looked like it was still a, very much a prototype, literally held on with glue and tape. Well, they've taken that to another level uh, this year. They announced a, a new car, the BMW iVision D, spelled D E E, and this has got color e ink now, and it looks freaking amazing. It. It looks like a Hot Wheels car now. Yeah. Uh, I think there's 240 e-ink panels on it. It looks uh, a lot more sturdy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't want to be scraping <laughs> yeah. these, these panels. Well, that's but. what we wondered about last year. It was like, if someone just leans up against your car, and, and not that we ever had any illusions that this was something that was going to be shipping, but apparently they're still working on that technology. Yeah, it's... I guess the big story from car technology this year, John, is what's not being talked about as much. Like the past few CESs, uh, and even before the pandemic, everyone was about autonomous driving, <laughs> self-driving cars. You know, they wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah. But that's kind of taken a, a back seat, so to speak. I see now. what you did there. Yeah, pretty good, eh? Yeah. Uh, because we're just not there yet. You know, because they were all touting, you know, it'll be here in two years or three years. We're still a ways away. Yeah, I mean, they do have Ubers you can get here that are uh, run by a company called Movational, I think it is. And they are autonomous driving cars. There's still a driver there, though, due to regulations. Um, But essentially, they're not driving. The car is driving itself, picking you up from your destination and and taking you wherever you want to go. And we haven't had a chance to try it yet, but uh, we still have a few more days here to see if we can make that happen because i think it'd be interesting but um i'm not ready for it yet are you uh, like I'm, I'm a big believer in technology i just don't feel the comfort level it's interesting because like when we go to a theme park like i like we talked i was just at disneyland and you get on a ride and you just hope that it's all it's all going to work you just assume that that company has taken the care and stuff like that but it's also well, do you know why we we have that comfort because there's a lot of regulations around yeah. theme park rides. Do you know what I mean? Like they have to be inspected and, and I just don't think there's enough regulations and laws around autonomous driving yet. But it's, it's on a theme park ride though, it's a closed course. Yes. There's not pedestrians running out in front of it. No, you're Ho- right. Hopefully. You're right. Yeah. No, and, good point. And, and that's, I'm not worried about so much about the tech in these autonomous vehicles. It's the rest of the world versus the tech in these autonomous it, yeah it's yeah it's your car against the world yeah because your car can't and the world is random well that's just it you can't program for every possible scenario so the the technology has to take into account random stuff happening and how do, how well does it respond to that so another uh, announcement at ces and we've talked about this before there's like rumors of a sony car and sony's kind of uh, you know, throwing up a few things here and there. But now there's an official announcement. Sony is partnering with Honda. It's going to be a Sony Honda car called the Afila, spelled A-F-E-E-L-A. Could they get them? Is that the only domain they could get? Afila, probably, right? you got to make up some crazy names to, to get that domain. Uh, but they're partnering. Uh, they say it's going to be manufactured and available in 2025, but in North America, not till 2026. Interesting. Yeah, when Sony first said they were going to make a car, I thought, okay, making cars is hard. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I always laugh when these companies try to get into a whole new field. Dyson tried. 
Yeah. They gave up. Yeah, because it is hard. It is hard. But obviously partnering with Honda, there's yeah. something there. And so Honda's obviously going to look after the the car side. Sony's more kind of uh, the interior of it, the infotainment, the, I guess, the ride inside. Do you have a picture of it? Uh, I, Does I it look did. like a PlayStation? I haven't seen the inside of it. I've seen the outside. It's kind of a sedan-style um, car. Hmm. And it, it doesn't look bad. Like... It's not ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks a little futury. Not as futury as that BMW I was talking about. Yeah, that yeah. car looks pretty cool. It kind of looks like kind of a half Tesla. Well, yeah. 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 So, anyway, spelt, uh, you know, if listeners want to check it out, A-F-E-E-L-A. Uh, NVIDIA also uh, had some announcements uh, at CES here. NVIDIA is the big um, graphics and, and kind of gaming company. Uh, as well, they make really high-powered uh, GPUs, graphic processing chips, units. Units, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what you. Would, yeah, yeah. Um, but they are really into car tech uh, as well, so they are really partnering with a lot of the big car manufacturers like Hyundai and, and others. Uh, so you know, in in the future, you know, if your car's got an infotainment screen, and they all will, and they all do now, uh, you'll be able to play like high-powered games through Steam, which is kind of a, right. a gaming engine that kind of streams, can stream the game right. to the car. Of course, they say you'll only be able to play when you're parked. I don't know how many people are going to play in their car, though. Well, I mean, the the use case that I saw for you with your Tesla is when you're charging. Yeah. I mean, I, I've played my Steam Deck in my car while Which I'm is charging. like a handheld, kind of like yeah. a Game Boy, but for high-end yeah. PC games. Yeah. But, it, no, it's interesting. It, it, the whole idea of having a car that... I mean, a lot of people like taking road trips. Yeah. I can only imagine how cool it would have been to be a kid in a car that's powered by NVIDIA. The backseat gaming experience is probably going to be pretty amazing. I think so. Uh, Samsung was also showing off um, some safety tech related to driving and driver fatigue. This was really interesting. I'm still not quite sure, because we haven't got the press release yet, what the actual product is. But the idea is that if you're a driver, you're wearing a Samsung watch, and it's taking into account things like your stress level, your heart rate, heart rate um, and there's even a camera looking at your eyes in the car <laughs> and it's detecting whether or not you're distracted, sleepy, that type of thing. And it'll alert taking you. all the data, the camera and yeah. the watch. Yes. Yeah. And it will then alert you somehow to wake up <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, but it says it can even reprogram the GPS yeah. system to maybe take a shorter route, take a less stressful or drive. Route. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Which, Okay, do that every day. I don't wait for me to be tired. <laughs> <laughs> I want the most stressful way home, yes. said no one ever. Okay, we're going to have to take another break here. We are down in Las Vegas live uh, for the Consumer Electronics Show, CES as they're calling it now. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about some more cool technologies, uh, especially when it comes to appliances from LG and Samsung, including a uh, an oven with artificial intelligence built in that can detect what food is in it. And prevent it from burning, John. Burn detection. Burn detection. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back after this.
You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler, hanging out in Las Vegas at CES. This is the big uh, geek tech show that happens every year. A uh, little quieter than pre-pandemic. Not quiet, but kind of less people. Typically, on a good year, there'd be over 175,000 people coming down. Uh, I think we're around 100,000 this year. Yeah, it doesn't feel quite as crowded as normal congested but there's a little congestion uh let's talk about some other cool tech that we came across uh samsung one of the big kind of consumer electronic giants they make everything they really do robots tvs fridges ovens uh they have the uh, samsung bespoke line of kitchen appliances uh the new oven has artificial intelligence built into it so it can detect a a few dozen different food types and actually make sure that they're cooked properly and and they don't burn this would be amazing because i either undercook or overcook yeah yeah you know a lot of times uh, you know at night if uh you know alan and i want a snack i'll throw in a couple of little frozen pizzas I burn the hell out of them every time because I, f- I just forget, even though I put a timer on. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it cooks differently. Sometimes 10 minutes is enough. Sometimes it's way too much. Maybe but it's time it, for a new, new oven. I need an artificial intelligent oven. They uh, also had some crazy AI-powered fridge. Uh, it's called their Flex Fridge, and it's got a built-in scanner, and as you're putting your food in there, if it's got a barcode, it can scan that automatically. So you have an inventory of what's in your fridge. Yeah, so it knows what's in there. It knows when things are going to go bad as well. I don't know how it does that. AI. (laughs) It guesses. Yeah. If if you ever need an explanation for anything now, you can say, no, it's AI. (laughs) It's just, that's that's just what it it does. Uh, On the LG side, what were some of the things that you thought were cool? Uh, the two things. One was a uh, it's their mood line of refrigerators. So they basically have four panels and each panel can be programmed to be a different color. And these panels on the front of the fridge are also speakers. So you can actually using their app, you can color coordinate your uh, your fridge to be thematic. So for example, there's a holiday theme. You put you get the red and the green panels. It actually your fridge actually will play holiday music. So these panels change to that color. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's kind of neat, and they also and, have. And does it sync with the music beats? No, no. no it, it doesn't flash or okay. you know give you a seizure or anything like that. It's just more allows you to sort of get away from the you know the boring white or the the stainless steel look that everybody has. And they also have a uh, one of the panels you can just literally knock on it and it goes clear so you can see inside. Oh. So you want to check on, you know, how many cans of pop you have in the fridge or whatever. It's pretty cool. That uh, sounds super cool. Oh, my other favorite thing though at, at the LG booth was they have this new uh, OLED TV. Th- that the transparent is, one. Well, there's okay, there's that too. Okay. Um, I suspect that might be out of my price range. Yes. But the there's one that you can press a button on it, and it'll go from being flat to curved. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. It, it just didn't... Do, do you cr- care? Well, it depends on how much that functionality costs, right? Kind of, that was for gamers, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
but I don't, I mean, because I guess the idea is like it, you wanted to be curved when you're sitting close to um, play a game, so it's sort of, you know, immer- more immersive, and you can switch it to flat when you want to watch TV. I'm almost finding, though, John, that some of these uh, screens, especially like the gaming ones, they're wider, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost too wide. Because I've got a wide, curved one at home. And sometimes I get strained kind of looking back and forth. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know if I'm sitting too close or, maybe, or yeah, what. Maybe there's, it could be the, that, that distance thing. Um, but it's really meant to immerse you in certain types of games, I think. I think it, it plays better for certain games than others. So maybe not Age of Empires. It's my favorite game. I know. Ever. Uh, so LG, they also have... Um, they've got a clothing styler. Yes. They've had this out for a few years. Now they've got one that can hold even more. Like yeah. five... Hangers it, at a time. It'll steam your clothes. It's interesting, yeah, because you put your clothes in, and using the app, you can, like you said, you can steam them, uh, get rid of like cigarette smoke and things like that. If they're wool, you can have it do things to. You know how wool gets stretched out sometimes. Mm-hmm. It can kind of shrink them down. Weird. Yeah. I like the idea of getting rid of the smoke because walking through all the casinos here, our oh God, clothes yeah. just reek. Yeah. Smell like an ashtray. Yeah. Uh, so. Weird thing too, and I think you saw this, the shoe thing. Yeah, they have these. Well, I mean, there's a big shoe culture now, running shoe culture. Huge yeah. shoe, sneaker culture. Sneaker culture. Yeah, so they have these little boxes, and kind of like the uh, styler, these will deodorize your shoes, and they have like a little microwave turnstile inside, and so you can actually have it rotating, so you can have them on display, and they're meant to be stacked. Something tells me they're, they're all like glass. It's like a, like a little glass cube yeah. or a plastic cube of some kind. I have a feeling they're not going to be inexpensive for these cases. No. N- nor are the sneakers that would go inside. No. So maybe it's worth it. Yeah. I don't le- like. I like my shoes. Yeah, but I mean, they, they. I mean, they showed a big wall of these shoes. Yes. I, I mean, maybe somebody. I, it, it just seems like an interesting angle. We're going to have to take a break. We are uh, coming to you live from Las Vegas. Mike and John here. You're listening to Get Connected. We'll be back shortly after the break. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Just a little bit of time left. We are live in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, saw some really interesting kind of makeup tech from L'Oreal. Yeah, a couple interesting products that they had at uh, one of the press events we went to this week. Uh, one was Brow Magic, and it's basically a uh, eyebrow printer for your face. So you use their app, you choose your uh, style of you scan your face first. Scan your face, yeah, and it can detect a bunch of things, and um, and basically you choose the type of eyebrows you want. And you take this little machine and you basically just run it across your eyebrow area and it prints kind of like a temporary tattoo. Uh, apparently it lasts for up to two days uh, if you don't touch it. Um, and yeah, it, it looked pretty good. They've partnered with a company called Prinker, which we've talked about before. They have a little printer as well that does, temp- does temporary tattoos. Yeah, it's, it's the same tech. You just basically just roll this device across your skin and it can deposit ink and so it makes sense that you know an eyebrow is essentially just a, t- a, a colored tattoo it it looked really cool 
It did. Yeah. yeah, and the eyebrows that it did, they looked, they looked good. Yeah. Like I would be concerned that you could tell you just printed a, an <laughs> eyebrow. It's not like taking a sharpie and drawing a line. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. You know, because some some uh, people get microblading done and things like that to kind of enhance. Yeah. And this know, looks like you can actually have like almost same. like brush strokes. Yeah. Yeah. So it it looked kind of realish. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but coming out this year, they haven't given a price. I tried to press them on that. Yeah. It's going to be under a thousand. I think it'll probably be five hundred or less if I had to guess. But you know, we'll have to see. They also uh, had something called the haptic, uh, and this was an assisted device for people uh, that had uh, hand tremors. You know, Parkinson's, for example. Yeah. And you know, you, as you can imagine, that would be challenging, challenging to put on things like lipstick. Yeah. So what this thing does is kind of like a gimbal for lipstick. So you put the lipstick in and it basically steadies out any tremors so that you can have a nice application. There's literally a product for everyone here. Well, that's the exciting thing, John. We've got so much more to talk about, so you'll need to tune in to the app show tomorrow. It's across the Chorus Radio Network every Sunday, and we're going to be covering more of the tech that we've seen, including a lot of mobile tech and app tech uh, as well. I want to thank uh, everyone that helps put the show together, mostly you, John. <laughs> my <laughs> producer and co-host and of course Ted Crisonos for coming in and uh, joining us for a while we'll see you again next time <laughs>